Welcome to Naturopathy Today. Your hosts are Dr. Michael Schwartz and Steve Langford. Join them as they guide you on a journey to good health through holistic naturopathy. Now here are Michael and Steve. Hi, good morning and welcome to another exciting episode of Naturopathy Today. I'm your co-host, Michael, and I've got my good bud with me. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? Hi, Michael. I'm here. I'm glad to be with you. I'm looking forward to another exciting Michael's Naturopathy today. There's always something interesting to talk about. So I'm here, you're here, and our listeners are here. So welcome, folks. Absolutely welcome. You know, one of the things I was thinking about, Steve, and it came out of a conversation you and I had had earlier today, and that was struggles. The people, you know, have struggles. We we all have struggles. We have spiritual stuff, our emotional, our physical. So I thought we might address some struggles this morning and give some solutions to them. And of course, you know, for me, everything starts with the spiritual self, because in my mind, it is the mind that is connected to the God force. And that's where we get our directives to try to bring about balance and harmony into everything. So I tried to think about what kind of struggles people might have on a spiritual level. And then, so that took me to thinking about atheists, agnostics. And, you know, when you look at all the different faiths, it's really interesting that even amongst the same faith, you have divisions. So it's like as human beings, we have a hard time agreeing and accepting the commonality that all of us are the children of God. You know, it actually says that either in the gospel according to Thomas or in the New Testament, that we're all the sons of the living father. And of course, the only reason Jesus says sons and father is because it was a patriarchal society. So where the the struggles come in is the hardest thing in the world. Let me go there first. The hardest thing in the world is to change a person's belief system. Were you aware of that as a concept that how difficult it is to get somebody to believe something other than what they believe, even to the point where they can't accept the truth because it's not in keeping with their beliefs? Have you experienced anything like that? Of course, all the time. And one of the things that I came to realize is that nobody thinks that they believe a lie. If you ask people, I believe something because it's true. So it's this assumption that what we believe is true. And therefore, because I think it, I feel it. I therefore it must be true. And people that are smarter than me have told me it's true. And so people struggle with thinking outside that box. And one of the things that I've remembered that helped me early on as I struggled with my spiritual journey, because I went through a number of those stages, uh, different uh, Hare Krishnas I had met and Christians I had met and people who meditated I had met. And it was like, well, which of these is the path forward? And what I realized was I had changed my mind so many times about faith and spirit that I really have no confidence that I understand what's true because it's really in some ways beyond my understanding. But what I have come to believe is that we all are attached to the same spirit, that this overarching spirit that rules the universe is the same no matter what our profession of faith is. So I've come to accept that in me that 
I'm not smart enough to see the secrets of the universe, but I am smart enough to follow a path that I hope moves me forward. And so I think this is where breaking free of that sort of mindset that this is the way it is actually then allows us to expand our thinking in all of these areas that we touch upon in naturopathy. We all have an opportunity to grow and move forward if we accept that that's possible. If we accept it's not possible, then we don't ever move forward. So getting past that mindset, I think, has always been one of the biggest challenges when talking to quote-unquote non-believers. Even talking to believers. You know, you said yes. something in there about, you know, thinking that we can't move forward. And the only thing that limits us from growing is ourselves. And the teachings of man, the teachings of God and the teachings of Jesus are one and the same differently in the sense that all of the great masters, Buddha, Confucius, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, they all said the same thing differently. As an example, Socrates, or maybe Confucius said it first, that you cannot brook two streams, or maybe that was Alexander the Great, or you cannot shoot two arrows. Jesus updated it and said, you cannot serve two masters. And these are things, and, and we do serve two masters. Actually, I think we serve one more than the other, because the rest of that teaching is you cannot serve God in mammon. And I believe that in our country today, we are not so much a Christian nation as much as we are mammonite. And what I mean by that, the dollar bill has become our God. People have more respect or they worship money more than they take care of each other. The Christian tenet of love one another is not something we practice. And you can see that by how our society treats veterans. There's no excuse for a veteran living under a bridge or being homeless when they have given whatever they could give to be of service to ensure our freedoms. So I struggle with things like that. I struggle spiritually in the sense that I don't understand how people can proclaim to be good people and not really do good deeds as a general way of being, you know? Well, one of the things that that I have tried to embrace and pass on to people that I've been able to have some of these deeper conversations about spirit is that faith is having confidence in that which is unseen. And when a loved one dies, this is when faith comes in. And faith is an act of spirit, I believe. And that if we can start to have more confidence in the spiritual life, for example, I think a lot of people struggle with, you know, God doesn't love me or he wouldn't allow this to happen. Or God, how could God allow this innocent child to suffer. And so we paint God in a picture um, with these sort of human attributes, and we lose sight of the greater overarching value of spirit and faith. And that leads us forward, I think, to take action, as you were just alluding to, that if we have this idea that we are right with God, God is good to us, and that compels us to be good to 
others and to be less judgmental of others, because if we're going to be judgmental, let's judge ourselves. And there's plenty there to judge. So I think a lot of people struggle with that duality. Yes, God is good, but doesn't seem to act always good. And so people struggle with how do I make sense of accepting these blessings? And sometimes my, I guess my question in all of this would be, is our struggle with faith and belief in, in spirit, does that block us in moving forward? Is that you started with spirit? Um, and I would suggest then that that spirit is preeminent in these things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, first I'll go to faith. From my point of view, there's two types of faith. Man teaches blind faith, which is where the problem lies, because we create situations, or let me rephrase that, life creates situations, nature creates situations, and we see it every day in terms of cyclones and hurricanes and tornadoes, and where a tornado will go through a community and destroy homes, destroyed your house, but not my house. And so you'll hear people say on the news, oh, thank God, praise the Lord, we were spared. You know, my neighbor, eh, I guess God really doesn't like them. They may be bad people, because if they were good people, this wouldn't have happened to them. So I think that, and I think it was last week or the week before I got off on a rant about how bad religion is because of what it does to man. You know, you talked about faith and God and Man does not follow the teachings of Jesus. Man does not even teach what Jesus taught, nor does he understand what Jesus taught. If man did, if the churches did, they would tell the people, go within yourself, because that is where the kingdom of God is. You talk about a path, the journey is inward, and it's in Matthew when he talks about making for the straight gate and getting on that path and going after the life, which few find. And it's because man teaches us to look out of ourselves. Man teaches division, not unification. There's only one God, and it's not a guy sitting on a throne. That's really more of a pagan carryover from our history. In fact, when it comes to history, I would venture to say 98% of Christians have no idea of the birth of Christianity, which was brought about, if I'm not mistaken, by Saul, who was blinded on the road to Damascus, who became Paul and created what we believe today to be Christianity, as opposed to people following and really understanding what Jesus taught, which is go within. That's where God lies or resides. He, there's another thing where he said, you know, the kingdom of God is within you and without. I think that if that would be taught as a spiritual foundation, there would be more love in the world towards one another. So it's not just Christianity, it's all the man-made religions. They all have these external gods that are beings as opposed to an energy. And when you have a being and a personality, you create an ego. When you create an ego, you have to know you're off base. So there's two kinds of faith, blind faith, which man teaches, and a working faith, which is having faith in self as being a part of God that you can handle whatever situation 
you're placed in because you're co-creating your reality with God. And we've talked about that time and time again. And it's all about the concepts in the subconscious mind, which is why you've got to go within. It's patterns of behavior, which you have to identify when you're in one, which is why Jesus taught. And it was even, I think, in Isaiah or Ezekiel, where you have to have eyes to see and ears to hear, because that's how the God within you is communicating with you through your mind and through the language of symbols. And I think the disservice to humanity is that the churches do not teach how to understand the teachings of Jesus or how to have eyes to see or ears to hear. They oftentimes come with a lot of proscriptions of how people need to live in order to be considered a good practitioner of the faith. And I think one of the things that you said there uh, about spirit and God is, since we can't necessarily talk to God and get these word answers like you and I have a conversation, we have to put forth our spirit, our feelings, our fears, all of that, and believe that God's spirit has control over everything and has love in the spirit for all people, all animals. And what makes man different from all these other animals is that we're able to think about these things and then therefore try to understand as much as we can and make choices to go forward. And I think one of the themes that we've reiterated many times is that people have choice. They have choice in how they think. They have choice in how they envision God. If you envision God as vindictive, you're going to live your life differently than if you envision God as being accepting, loving, spiritual, and wanting the best for you. Those are two different outcomes. And so how we conceive of these things is, I think, where we as individuals can start to exert our wishes and our needs. And I do believe that the universe responds when we put out energy that energy isn't just lost, it results in a, a re, an action of energy. And so the more good we put out, the more good we're likely to see in the world. The more negative we put out, the more negative we're likely to see. And so I think it's sometimes making that choice to seek that which is good reject that which has failed to pass the test is going to move us forward. And it's a journey of a lifetime. Without a doubt. And it's exactly right. It is a journey. And it is for not only this life, but all of those to come. You know, one of the things you talked about, or, or what I heard differently, or what I jumped onto in my own mind was prayer, because so many people pray, and some prayers are answered and they give thanks to God. And the reality is, is that when you are praying, to some degree, you're programming your mind. You're telling the God within you what you want to have happen. And depending upon the depth and degree of your conviction of your faith, you'll make it happen. Because when you draw on the God within, it seeks balance and harmony. What gets in the way is, and you've heard me say this multiple times, is what's between our ears. So prayer is a very, very powerful thing, and it does create miracles. The catch-22 is that everybody, because of our indoctrination and orientation, we give thanks to Jesus or God or Zoroaster or Buddha or Shiva. They made it happen. No, 
you made it happen because you drew on the kingdom within. You drew on the God within. You prayed, which is another way of programming your mind, and you told them what you wanted to accomplish, and your mind went about and did that. So that was one. And then you go back to the Bible where Jesus cured the blind, okay? And what did he say to them? One, don't tell anybody. And two, your faith made you whole. It's saying, hey, I didn't do it, but because you believed in me, that's what did it. And that's another thing. Because Jesus said, believe on me, not in me. There's a difference. And when I thought about that, if you believe on something, it's because you have seen that something do something. Okay, now I can believe on computers because I know I can put in all this information or I can ask questions. I'm going to get answers. And so what Paul did, going back to that, is that Paul made Jesus into the Son of God, where Jesus taught that we're all the children of God, the sons and daughters, and we all have, you know, we teach by example, and that's what Jesus did. He gave us examples of what we could aspire to, what we could evolve into. All of the miracles, and I'll just take two, the two that come to mind are converting water to wine at the wedding, and the other is walking on water. So if we look at those from a symbolic, you know, anagorical storytelling, changing water to wine is comparable to taking your mundane life, waking up, the wedding is a union, okay, I forgot that part of it, a union between two energies, a male and a female. And Jesus taught when the two become as one, you will move mountains and mountains are obstacles. So coming together, unified within the self, you can change your everyday look at life and how you act and react and turn it into something like a, a sacrament, something religious, something spiritual, something nourishing for others. So that's one. Walking on water, what is water? Without water, we're dead. Water represents our material life. And by Jesus and Peter, until he had his doubt, moment of doubt, was able to walk on water. So what does that mean? It means getting above the mundane, not getting sucked into the material reality, but utilizing it as a foundation, which is different than worshiping mammon and thinking that the more you have, the better the person you are. Money corrupts. You know, they say power corrupts. I believe money corrupts as well. It seems to change people. At least that's my experience. I would imagine you would have something similar as well. Well, I think this is the universal challenge that we as human beings face. And it seems so common that people just don't have confidence in what is within. We look to people who are supposedly more knowledgeable and wiser than we are to guide us. And yet so often we are very disappointed by those very voices of authority. I am in control of my life and I can actually move my life forward by accepting the responsibility and the opportunity to shape my future and affect those around me in a positive way. But if we appropriate this spirit, this way of thinking, this way of living, 
we will in fact cause things to happen for our benefit, causes, thoughts, just thoughts alone, I believe, can affect things around us and those around us and cause us to act in ways that are more to our benefit and to those around us. And one of the things that I've always appreciated about this approach that you take with naturopathy is that it is sort of this all-inclusive approach to how to reorder your life in a more positive way. And hopefully what we're doing in these discussions is not necessarily give people their answers, um, though they might find answers in what we say, but more to give them the impetus to move forward, to continue their search, their journey, with the hope, the belief, and the evidence over time that it actually works. And that's what I think people, if they will just get started and commit to something, they will see that it works on all of these levels. Absolutely. In fact, I had said that in something else I was doing, and that is if you work with the information that is being provided, I can guarantee you there will be growth and improvement. Period. You know, you said in your just now that some degrees about control and the reality is that and the teaching, let's go there first. The teaching is asking you shall receive what people don't get and disappointment gets set up because the church doesn't explain what that means, because the truth of the matter is you're doing your asking at a subconscious level because your subconscious mind is the greater mind. And even though you may consciously pray is one thing, but the reality is, is that because you're operating from concepts and patterns of behavior, and it is the patterns that have expectations, it is the patterns that co-create your reality in order to fulfill your expectations that validate the concepts that you have in your subconscious mind as being true, even when they're detrimental and hurtful. So in reality, you are always in control because you're co-creating your reality. That's number one. Number two, freedom of choice. We all are given a freedom of choice. And yet sometimes we don't have a choice in certain situations. You don't have a choice if, you know, you're confronted with something between life and death. You're not going to choose death. You're going to struggle to choose life. I, I thought of somebody who's in a prison, you know, they don't have freedom of movement, but they have freedom of mind yep. and they have freedom of spirit. And yep. those two things does have tremendous impact on us, but we have to choose to go in those directions. So even when we are limited in our choice in one way, and most often physically, we do have these other choices about how we're going to think about it, how we're going to respond, and how we're going to move forward in our own lives. And we all have that opportunity every day to make these choices about how we think and how we act towards others. Absolutely. You know, there was, there was something else you said before, and that was, and it's kind of a new age thing, which you hear from time to time, the universe will provide, right? Put it out there. You know, it's, it goes to me, it's comparable to let go and let God, which I think is a horrible thing because when you let go, what you're doing is giving up control over yourself. When you let God, you're not really letting God do the work for you. You're allowing your subconscious mind 
terrain unfettered. So there's no telling what's going to happen. So when the quote unquote universe will provide, what it's going to do is fulfill your expectations of what you expect to happen. And I think a couple of episodes ago, we talked about victims and being, you know, being a victim. So someone who's a victim will always be a victim until they realize, hey, I'm a victim. And that's just a concept. And I've got to change that they can exercise a freedom of choice to begin to become conscious of how they set themselves up to be a victim. Because as far God is indifferent, let's go there a minute. God is completely indifferent, whatever it is, because the universe is expanding. So if that's expanding, then God is co-creating reality upon reality upon reality. You are co-creating your own reality. Get your act together. Know that because your mind and your brain, your mind controls your brain, your brain is an electromagnetic generator. We've talked about that before, where atoms have a positive or negative charge. So you're putting out either positive vibes to bring things to you or push them away, or you're sending out negative vibes to bring things to you. Bottom line is you are in control of your own life. God gave you the freedom of choice to make decisions that will move you forward. I think I've said enough. I think I've <laughs> probably upset enough people in one day. Well, I think what you said, though, is very profound, especially right there, you know, at the end, is that our reality it will be what we make it. It's within us to make these choices. And if we leave people with anything, it's that they have this responsibility. They have this opportunity. And if they take it, they will gain from it. And anything that we want, we can seek it and we can move towards it to give some people something to think about and be optimistic about. Absolutely. And on that note, I will say until we meet again next week. <laughs> Uh, you all take care. You've got a lot to chew on between Steve and I, and it's not to upset you. Maybe it is on some levels. Maybe if you get angry and are challenged, maybe you'll begin to question. Then maybe you'll begin to develop more courage and confidence to ask the hard questions which will lead you to more personal power, which is the goal of what Steve and I are offering y'all. Quiet strength, personal power as a way to navigate this thing called life and to bring your life more in harmony with the God force. Steve, have a fabulous week and we'll talk. I will do my best, Michael. I wish you the best. Thank you for listening, folks. We appreciate it. Tell your friends and we'll be here next week. Thank you for listening to Naturopathy Today, sponsored by MNP, Michael's Naturopathic Programs at michaelshealth.com. Join us every Monday for the latest episode in this journey to excellent health on all levels. Thank you.